Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the MRE Survival Guide, where we focus on meals, religion, and education. My name's David. I'm a chaplain, and I'm joined with my co-host, Lisa, who's a registered dietitian nutritionist. Today, we're going to be talking about the balance of diet and exercise. So, Lisa, what do you think is more important, diet or exercise? Well, you can never outrun the consequences of a bad diet. You can never exercise your way out of a poor diet. I know a lot of people who say, oh, I run marathons so I can eat whatever I want to eat. And that is unfortunately not how life works. If you are fit on the outside, if you work out and you have the appearance of being healthy, it does not actually mean that if you pop the hood and look at what's going on inside your body that you're healthy, which is unfortunate. Um, I've heard stories of people who are really into CrossFit and they're in the best shape of their life, really low percent body fat, working out, you know, fitness, bodybuilding competition type people. And then they find out they have cancer or they have a heart attack and they're in their 30s. Both of these examples were people in their 30s. So what I'm hearing you say is you can't outrun the consequences of bad choices. Is that fair? I'd say that's fair. All right. So how do we know if something's good or bad? And I'll answer that from the chaplain side if you can look at the consequences of it. So what makes a choice good or bad? The consequence it leads to. So we definitely need to take a page from Stephen Covey's book of habits and begin with the end in mind. One of the perspectives to come at this is what is good and what is bad. And we need some moral teachings on this. And we need some values. One of the ones that's been used in the United States for a long time was Thomas Jefferson's moral teachings of Jesus Christ. This is where one of the instances where Thomas Jefferson cut out the moral teachings of Jesus, pasted them in a book in four different languages, and that's what he studied. Congress eventually got a copy of this, and they loved it so much, Congress printed 9,000 copies of this book, and it was given to every sitting member of Congress for 50 years when they were sworn in. So make sure you're putting good teachings in your mind and body, because again, you can't outrun bad choices that lead to bad consequences. So what does this look like more with exercise and the benefits of that? So exercise does have a lot of health benefits, and it's something you need in your life. Last time talking about health has to be holistic, exercise has to be a part of that. And it doesn't necessarily even need to, quote unquote, look like exercise. Even just going on a walk during your lunch break, things like that count as exercise as far as the benefits for your body. So that reminds me of one of our holistic health coaches at the professional education center just talking about the importance of every hour getting standing up even just walking around a little bit so even these little tiny movements throughout the day have a big impact overall they do and it's important to be getting in that that movement every day diet is literally creating your body and your health experience at the most fundamental level so you are what you eat. Your cells function based on what you eat. And how your DNA plays out in your life is in large part determined by diet. What does that mean, how your DNA plays out? Great question. 
So cancer is a classic example. We know that people can have a genetic predisposition for cancer, but just because you have that genetic predisposition does not mean you are guaranteed to get it. What determines how likely you are to actually get cancer is your lifestyle. You might have a higher chance than maybe somebody who doesn't have that genetic predisposition, but what affects it even more is how you're eating and how those cancer genes turn on based on what you're eating. Awesome, thanks. Our bodies run best when they're fueled by large amounts of plant foods because we need the vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients, and phytochemicals, which is just fancy for stuff in plants that do cool things. There's literally thousands of phytonutrients. We're just barely scratching the surface on figuring out what they all do, but we know they're beneficial. Our body uses them. And fiber is another thing that comes in plants. So when you're getting all of these things from plant foods, they are going to affect how your DNA presents. The foods you eat turn on or off a plethora of chemical reactions in your body every day. So really what you put in determines which, which reactions are going to be fueled on a day-to-day -day basis. So I was just talking to someone recently and she noticed that in the body there seems to always be two pathways mentioned and that's a good way of looking at it is in our body, things are generally working in opposition. So for example, you can have an inflammatory response or an anti-inflammatory response. Which one of those is going to be more prevalent in your body is determined by your lifestyle and even more so by your diet. You can also have cancer promoting genes turned on or you can have cancer genes turned off based on your diet. Insulin resistant and proper blood sugar balance are all affected by diet. Heart disease and healthy arteries also something affected by diet. So this is cool because it sounds like we're a lot more in control of our health and our lives than is often portrayed. That is very true. And I think a lot of times people get discouraged because they feel like everyone in my family has had cancer or, you know, all of my grandparents have had a heart attack. I'm just doomed to have a heart attack. And that's actually not true. And one thing that's tricky is a lot of times health information gets watered down by the time it reaches the public, in part because people know that it's hard for people to change their diets, right? People in the health profession, we know how hard it is for people to change their diets, and we know how unlikely that is for many people. It has to come from a place of intrinsic motivation. And so while we might be able to tell you if you do A, B, and C, your health outcomes are going to be drastically improved. We also know that the likelihood of you going and doing A, B, and C just because we told you to is almost none. And that can get discouraging, frankly, from a health perspective. So it sounds like it's not even so much specifically the health of do A, B, and C, but it's really we need to figure out what end we want how we get there through the priorities, and then focus really on changing our personal or family cultures, right? Because of what you're saying, of you may have these predispositions to have cancer or alcoholism or whatever, but it sounds like it's the culture that needs to be changed, right? If your family 
has a you know multi-generational predisposition to cancer well and all your family seems to be getting cancer it sounds like what you're saying is we need to focus on changing the culture by putting the better foods and things in our lives so that we can change tracks a paradigm shift to different outcomes even if we keep those predispositions correct and that has to come from a place of intrinsic motivation that has to come for each individual for themselves they have to have their reason why they want to be improving their health they have to have something that motivates them to make those changes in their life and most people don't want to dig and find those deep reasons and you can meet with a dietitian and they can do motivational interviewing techniques and they can try and help you come to that place. But at the end of the day, that motivation has to come from you. So one of my favorite things is from Dave Ramsey who does financial counseling and reworkings with people, paradigm shifts. He says, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired, right? Have you had enough where your health is down, where you are spiritually not well? where you're nutritionally not well, where you are just sick and tired of your family members getting diabetes? And are you willing to pay the price to change your culture so you can get a different outcome? Because the consequences of life swing on small hinges. And the further away you get from those hinges on the door, the bigger the change is. So while we do need culture shifts, it starts with small decisions with a big commitment. At the end of the day, while diet and exercise are both important, if you're going to be focusing your energy in one place, I would start with diet. Diet impacts so many different areas of your health in very tangible day-to-day ways. I think it's a great spot to start on your holistic health journey keeping in mind that you also need to be mindful of managing your stress, getting enough sleep, moving your body, and being mindful, taking care of your whole self. So this week, look at one area of your diet that you can do even better on, and then do it. Find an accountability partner, let them know what you're doing, how you're changing, how you're improving, and do it. Thank you for joining us on the MRE Survival Guide, where we focus on meals, religion, and education. And have a great day.